Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Um. <laughs> Ooh, I'm real. I'm real loud here. Thank you, Daniel. Look, I don't have a lot of stuff this week. <laughs> I'm getting better, right? <laughs> I I remember when my dad. How, how old was I? 21. My dad said, "Can you hurry up and find a preacher, a preacher boy to get married to?" I was like, "What?" Most dads are like, you can't get married till 40, but he apparently wanted me to get married to a preacher, which Andrew was not at first, but, you know, the Lord, well, he he was, he just didn't know, you know, that potential locked inside of you, that stuff that's locked inside of you. Amen. Well, you guys, let's pray together. I'm not, I mean, I know we've been praying all day, and uh, but there's never enough prayer, right? Let's pray together. Lord, we just come to you this morning with our hearts open to what you have to say to us and excited to know what you would have for us and that, Holy Spirit, that you would just come and invade each and every one of us, speak to us as I teach, speak to me as I teach. Let it not be my words but yours, Lord. I thank you that, I thank you for your goodness and your grace that we've been talking about. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the covenant that never ends, for your goodness that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we have this assurance and this hope. We thank you, God, for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to go ahead and recap, because I just think it's good for people who didn't get to be here or just for us to remember, because I know that uh, most of us, um, (laughs) most of us, when we go home and we're like, wow, that sermon was really good. Someone asks, like, well, what was it about? You're like, ah, I took notes. Or you don't remember because you didn't take notes. Or you have to go back and listen to the podcast again. <laughs> I've been there many times, so don't feel bad if that's you too. <laughs> but it's such, such a good thing to recap and to take notes. So if you're not taking notes, you should probably just take a few on your phone or on a notepad, write down the scriptures so you can go back and review them later. Make sure I'm not lying to you. I'm not, but, you know, it's always good to test it yourself, right? So first week one, we talked about I, it's not because I'm good, it's because I'm yours. We talked, we had a, we had a story about a little girl who was adopted. She had been rejected by another family. It just didn't work out. She was adopted by them and then given back. And she acted out. She acted out so much before going to Disney World because the other family had never taken her to Disney World. They always left her at home while their family went. 
So obviously she wasn't really part of their family, right? <laughs> and so th this, new, this new family was going to Disney World, and she was just convinced that she wasn't going with them. And she acted out and acted out, and finally she got to go <laughs> because of that grace that was extended to her. And she said, it wasn't because I was good, it's because I'm yours. And that same, that same thing applies to the Lord. We don't get his mercy and his, the salvation and healing and provision and everything that comes with this life in Christ because we're good. It's because we're his, right? <laughs> I'm righteous by my position, not by my performance. This was week two. And that is, if you don't have that written somewhere on your mirror or on a note card, it's not by performance. It's by your position in Christ. We are seated at the right hand with Jesus, seated in heavenly places. And when we believe in Jesus, we are saved and righteousness is put into our account, is accounted to us. That's how the Bible says all fancy like, right? Grace is the anchor of my soul. That's week, week three. And that's talking about our mind, our will, and our emotions. Grace has to anchor us, and grace is never going to let us down. It's not going to uh, wishy-wash in the wind. It is anchoring us. And Jesus is our high priest of a better covenant with better promises. And then last week, we talked about salvation being eternal, and that we are saved so that's past tense, and it's present tense, and it's future tense. <laughs> and it's when we're saved, our past is gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's covered. It's not just, it's not just cleansed for a moment. It's covered. It's gone. And so we're saved. We're justified, redeemed, forgiven, accepted into the beloved, washed, Adopted, it's finished. He sat down because it's finished. He doesn't have to stand there and give uh, sacrifices anymore uh, like the, the priest did, right? So today we've been talking about grace and we've been talking about how good it is, right? How good grace is and how it covers us and how we don't have to be scared. So like if we sin, <laughs> we don't have to be scared or in shame or in condemnation or anything of anything like that because we are covered by his grace and forgiveness and his love. It's so good, you guys. And so today we're going to talk about, hold on, I'm trying to open something else. Today we're going to talk about do my works, the way that I live, does it matter after I receive grace? Does it matter? Does anybody know? Well, that's a good answer. Thank you. Straight A students in here. Yes, my works matter. So we're going to go to Romans 5, 20 through 21. And it says, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. And so just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ. This is a good grace one, right? Then we're going to go on to 
Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm fast today. <laughs> going to Romans 6, 1. And so, I like how Paul's a little sassy sometimes. And he says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we've died to sin, how could we continue to live, to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. We have a whole new life in Christ. Since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him or us. And when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Sin is no longer our master, you guys. Romans 6, 11. Oh, sorry. Hold on. It's 6, 16. Don't you realize that you, became, you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? And you can be a slave to sin which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. But we don't have to be slaves to sin anymore, do we? We don't have to be slaves to sin anymore. But this says right here that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey. And you're probably like, oh, I'm not slave to nobody. Nobody's my, ma-, you know, that, nope, nothing controls me. Nothing, I'm not a slave to nobody. But do you... You ever think about like when you are hungry at night <laughs> and you get up in the middle of the night and you go to Whataburger 24 hours and you try to get, it's, it's the best time to go because breakfast, right? <laughs> and you eat that taquito that you probably shouldn't eat at 12 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> this is just a small, this is just a small example, but we're slaves to food sometimes, Right? We're slaves to our flesh sometimes that wants something, and we said, no, we have to have it. We don't, we don't have to live under, underneath this power of sin, and, and we don't have to be slaves to sin anymore. So who is your master? We talked about this last week. If you don't make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, then you didn't really... You haven't really believed. You haven't really been saved. Because he has to be your Lord and your Savior. And you have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. So who is your master? Is it social media? Is it trends? Is it, you know, just what's what's... What's the coolest thing going on? Is it your friends who are saying, hey, we should go do this? There's lots of proverbs about that. <laughs> your friends are important. 
God made us for community. He made us for family. But if you have, if you're always constantly hanging around people and letting them speak into your life that are not going to speak godly things into your life and the word of God into your life, that's what you're going to, this is what I say. In five years, you're going to be the books that you read and the people that you hang out with. And so you better surround yourself and read good things, <laughs> including the word of God. That's the most important one. But you better hang out with some people that can speak into your life and who can say, hey, this is not, this, that's not right, or that's not the way, or they can encourage you when you're down or when you're sad or when you're struggling. That's the most important. It's one of the most important things, I think. And it's one of the things that we really believe here at Trinity, that family, the future is family. And that revival is going to come from not just big mega churches, but from family, from the body of Christ. And we got to start acting like family, don't we? <laughs> you know, this is one of the things I think that we, we become slaves to. I think it's one of the biggest ones, but we, it's one of the most inconspicuous ones. Well, it might be inconspicuous. It's just selfishness. We want it how we want it, right when we want it. And if we don't get it, it doesn't matter who it hurts along the way because we're not thinking of those people. It's not like sometimes we're not trying to do it. It's just this is how I feel, and I'm ruled by how I'm feeling. And so that's actually selfishness, <laughs> right? Or when you don't want to go out of your way for somebody because it's going to inconvenience you. I'm not saying you should just be a yes person. You should do everything all the time for everybody. <laughs> I just want to clarify. But we are the body of Christ, and we are the family of God, and so we've got to start helping each other. We've got to start being the family, no matter how inconveniencing it is sometimes. I think the American church has been so comforted. <laughs> they've been so comfortable in a lot of ways just with how they've, we just, we have it made. <laughs> and yet we still are like, oh, this, this was terrible. That was terrible. And we just have this selfishness that just continues to rule our lives. This whole year we've, fought over masks or no masks. <laughs> and I'm not saying one way is right or the other, but we've got to let love rule, right? Love has to conquer all of it. This has been a crazy year, has it not? <laughs> it's been a wild year. And I think as the church, we've got to do better. All right, I'm getting back on track, which this is kind of, it goes with it, but I'm going to get back. So we are saved by grace for good works. Actually, I'm gonna, I think that's, can you guys go to Ephesians 2? Yeah, 
Ephesians. Let's see. <laughs> Ephesians 2, 8. So God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God, a free gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Let me look at this other version because this is what I want. Number uh, Verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we were created by God for good works. So good works are not going to save us but that's why he created us. I, th- um, I remember I, was, I sat down one day, and I think it just clicked. Do you ever have something that just clicks? I think that's called revelation, right? <laughs> it just clicks. You're like, oh, wow, that makes sense. <laughs> I just realized, like, I realized everybody says, you know, you're the hands and feet of God. Like, that's cute, right? <laughs> like, um, but we really are his hands and his feet. Yes, he can do miraculous things. Yes, he can provide miraculous ways. But we are his hands and feet. And so I sat there in my uh, dining room one day, and I was like, wow. (laughs) Just like amazed at just the thought of God can use me to help you, and you can help them, and they can help others. Like it's just it's, it's a whole chain of good works and just helping each other and and doing good things towards each other. And you know, they, it says in the Bible that the goodness of God leads people to repentance, to turn and go the other way. Not just to say, ooh, sorry, that was wrong, but to turn and go the other way. And so if we don't start doing good works and stop worrying about ourselves, and I know we have jobs and we have stuff we've got to do, But it has to be something that we do daily, that we wake up and we say, okay, like, I am created for good works. All right, we'll get back to it. God is trying. He's trying to chase us down, not to punish us, but to get us into our purpose. And what is our purpose? We are created for good works. He wants to have a partnership with you. He wants to, we were co uh, co-crucified, co-buried, co-resurrected. He's, we're in it with him. He wants to have a partnership. He didn't want it to just stop there. He wanted to have a partnership with us, an intimacy with us, and for us to be his hands and feet, right? To do good works. He planned them before the beginning. He's planned them beforehand. He's just not like, ooh, this looks good today. How about you do this? That's what I do sometimes. Oh, let's do this. I'm not a great planner. Just just telling on myself, I'm not great. But we he's chasing us down, not to shame us, not to punish us, but to get us into our purpose to do good works. And if you're still on this earth, and if you're still living for him, and if you're still breathing, I don't care what you're doing in your life, you're still created and he has works for you to do, good works. 
This is very convicting for me, you guys. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. We all have places that we can do this better in. We all have places. Because this, this convicts me. I'm not saying I'm perfect. <laughs> I'm saying this is, this is hard for me. It's hard for me because I don't wake up every day and say, God, what exactly do you want me to do? I wake up with a whole to-do list of things I already have to do, right? Most days, right? And then in the middle of the day, you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> okay. I mean, you have time with God, like you want to spend time with God. But then you go on about your day, and sometimes you just forget. You just don't think about like, hey. And so we have to live in that unity with him and that partnership with him where we can, he can speak to us continually about saying, hey, I need you to do this, or I need you to do this, because those are good works. And that takes some listening and some obedience. If you've believed in Jesus, believed, and he's your Lord and Savior, your eternity is settled. It's settled. But now we have to live this out, and we have to live this out for the rest of the world because their eternity is settled too, and we don't, we don't want them to go where their eternity is settled. And so we have to live this out. And if we all live this out, how much better, how, what would the world look like? There would be so much, not only would there be so much less lack of food and water and those just natural resources because we'd be taking care of each other, but there's also be more healings, right? Because we would lay on of hands. There would be more salvations, deliverance, if we're all doing what we're called to do. So knowing where your eternity spent is like the first level. Like that's the level. There's like levels in this game. It's not a game, but you know what I'm saying. When you you got to level up, level up, level up. <laughs> so he wants you to level up. He wants you to go to the next level with him. He doesn't want you just worried about, oh, is this sin? Oh, is this sin? Oh, is this sin? He wants you to be sensitive to him and just say, hey, don't worry about that. If you mess up, my grace covers you, but walk with me and do good works. We don't want to do dead works, but we want to do good works that he's called us to, right? The sad thing, though, is that most people, I don't know that I don't know that they ever get to even one good work that the God has called them to. Maybe one, but not many. Because we're, we're so focused on what we have to do or our dreams or our goals or making money or, or doing this or doing that. Hustling. <laughs> that we never stop to say, God, like, what is it that you want me to do today? How can I, what are the good works that you have planned for me? If we go to Matt 6.33, I just thought this was appropriate, Matthew 6.33. Therefore, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all of these things, the Gentiles seek. 
For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. <laughs> seek first the kingdom of God. That, I mean, does that convict anybody else? Is it just me? It's just me? All right, there's a couple. There's a couple. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you, because... I know that I'm just guilty of, of being busy sometimes. My heart, God knows my heart. He knows that I have good motives, good intentions, and I'm, I'm working, I, I want to work for him. Like, obviously, I work at a church, so I'm doing things for him. But in the meantime, am I really seeking first his kingdom? And this is just such a big thing, even for me, because I'm such a, okay, I didn't know that I got it from my parents, but I guess I got it from my parents, <laughs> that they had such like a, they wanted to try different things to make money. My mom did stocks for a while. <laughs> that didn't work out. And we had fights about her helping me with math. <laughs> it's a long story, but <laughs> I was homeschooled, like, why can't you just help me? <laughs> But I just have this, like, thing inside of me that wants to start businesses and do different things and make money, not for necessarily myself. I want to make money so that I can help the body of Christ, so that I can further the kingdom, so that I can provide for my family. So none of those things are bad, right? But sometimes when we, if you're like me, you just get caught up in, like, ooh, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? How can I do this? Like, how can I get to that place Instead of seeking first his kingdom. And all of these things will be added to you. He said that. <laughs> if you guys aren't in your word, or even listening to like sermons, there's so many sermons on YouTube you can listen to now. If you're like, oh, the word is just hard. There's so many sermons. You don't have to wait till Sunday. We have old podcasts. There's tons of great churches with great ministers. You can dive deep. And the Lord is asking you to do that because he wants you to know his word. And he wants you to do the good works that he's, he's planned for you beforehand. Your works matter. That's what we're talking about. Your works matter. What you do here on earth matters. My dad teaches that life is a test. It's a test for the next because we're not just going to leave here, go to heaven, and just be angels and fly around and maybe some people get to be Cupid or something. No, like nobody, nobody, that's not, that's not what he has planned for us. He's, he's God. He made this whole world. He made us so intricately. There's like a thousand different types of butterflies. You think he doesn't have a plan for the next age, for the next the next whatever he has planned, I don't even know what to call it. He's got it all planned out. And he gives us a peek in his word. A sneak a peek. So Ephesians, let's go to Ephesians 2. Oh, we already went here. So we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going because I, I have skipped ahead. Sorry. So God prepared us. God prepared these good works beforehand that we should walk in them. Good works, oh, here, here's a controversial statement. 
Good works are good. Good works are good. What? Surprise. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't have to wake up anymore because I'm saved to try to prove something to God or to other people. But I wake up every day with a new assignment, a new excitement that I'm called by God, I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm forgiven, and now it's time for me to do good works that he's planned. And he has plans, but I think sometimes we just forget to ask him, or we're too scared. Anybody ever been scared of, like, what God's going to ask you? He says, thank you, thank you. Um, one time I was crying in my car, like, God, I want to ask you what you want me to do, but I think I'm just going to be too scared to do it. <laughs> so I don't even know where we landed. <laughs> here, here we, here we ended here. But, but the, the summer before we became pastors, hold on just a second. The summer before we became pastors, I cried the whole summer. <laughs> He's laughing at me, but it was a serious, it was a serious decision and a serious, I was scared. That's a big responsibility. <laughs> it's a big responsibility, guys. Have you guys ever heard the term like, only God can judge me? The people say it in their songs all the, so all the time. Did you just sing one? <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, people sing it. Tupac sang it. Miley Cyrus sang it. People sing it all the time. They say it all the time. You see it on social media all the time. Only God can judge me. But the problem with that is that they don't realize that God is actually going to judge them. <laughs> And if, even if they do realize that God is going to judge them, they have no clue what he's judging them on because they're just, they don't want to. They're, they might be scared. I don't know. They just want to ignore it. And hopefully, you can't judge me. God, God will judge me. You know, God can judge me. But they don't, they don't really know because God will judge them. He's going to judge all of us. And what is he going to judge all of us by? Not... It's not the sin, not believers, it's not the sin that we, we did in our past life. That's covered. It's gone. We talked about that. It's gone. It's by our good works. And even unbelievers, they're going to be judged. So everyone's, so we both getting judged. So we're both on an equal level. We're both getting judged. But one of us, our eternity is settled. You know, the devil likes to come at us, and he likes to, to put things in our head that's like the word of God, but like the law. <laughs> he likes to say, well, well, you didn't do that, and you, know, you didn't do this. And you say, no, the devil wouldn't use the Bible. But he did use the Bible when he tempted Jesus, so precedent here. And so whenever you're feeling shame, I just felt like I needed to say this. I don't know why. When you're feeling shame about something or condemnation about something, turn around, repent. But don't let the devil rule your life with your, and rule your thoughts. 
with the Bible because the Bible is freedom. We, so a lot of times, unbelievers and sometimes even believers think that the Bible and serving God is, is, is more chains. Oh, we can't do this. We can't do this. We have to do this. We have to do this. But it's freedom. Has anybody ever, like, was anybody ever, like, a pathological liar? Like, they, that's hard to keep up with, right? That's hard to keep up with all your lies. Whenever you don't, when you don't have that, the power of sin that's, that's Lord over you anymore, you're free. And grace covers you. Yes, we have a purpose to do good works, but grace covers you. There's no chains anymore. We are not chained. We're free. It's good stuff, you guys. It's good stuff. So God is going to judge us. Our works will be judged. You can write this down. Your belief determines where you spend eternity, but your behavior determines how you spend eternity. So there, there are, there are going to be rewards. Like God is nothing new under the sun. God, he likes, he, he's, he's a God of rewards. There's going to be authority given. But if he can't trust you now, how will he be able to trust you then? So your belief determines where you spend eternity but your behavior and how you behave determines how you spend eternity. And yes, it's going to be in heaven or hell, depending on where you are. <laughs> but most of us in here, hopefully all of us, it'll be heaven or new heaven, new earth. Or we'll reign with him for a thousand years. These are all things you guys get on the midweek group and ask that guy. <laughs> You're like, wait, what was all that about? <laughs> but we're going to be judged. Everyone is. So there's two judgments. The judgment, the great white throne judgment, which is going to be after the thousand years, after the thousand years here on earth. And then we're going to have the judgment seat of Christ, which is for believers. And this is going to judge all your works after you've received Christ. So this is important to know. Um, you, pro you might not believe me, so we're going to go to the scripture. Uh, go to Ecclesiastes 2.14. Did you get it? Oh, The wise man's eyes, is this right? I do this all the time, you guys. Maybe it's not that. Let's just go on to the next one. I always do this. <laughs> no, 12, 14. That's what it's supposed to do. Sorry. <laughs> the wise man's eyes are in his head. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing. Oops, you guys are, God knows, even if nobody else does, whether good or bad. Okay, let's go on to um, 1 Peter 1.17. <laughs> okay, and if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay, stay here. You like how it says stay here? Like, this is just a stay 
It's temporary. And then we go on to our eternal bodies. We are our spirits. We live in a, in a, <laughs> we live in a body. We are spirits and we have a soul, right? We, we kind of touched on that. So while we're here on earth, we have work to do. <laughs> and he's going to judge us according to our work. And I'm sorry if you don't like this sermon, but you need to hear it. It's not bad news. It's good news. But it might take some dying of your flesh. And we already talked about how with Christ we have died and have been resurrected. And so sometimes we have to remember that and tell our flesh that, hey, you've died. You're dead to sin. I am, sin is not your master anymore. <laughs> Matthew sixteen twenty seven. For the Son of Man will come in glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Yes, works. There's that word again. Revelation twenty two twelve. 12. He said, ooh. And behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. He's coming quickly. I'm excited, but also I want to do the good works that are planned for me. <laughs> I don't want, I want to stand before Jesus and him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You served me. You did my good works. You didn't serve yourself. You didn't serve sin. You didn't serve others. Good works. We were made for good works. Second uh, Corinthians five ten. Hopefully, I wrote all of these down right because <laughs> his eyes are in his head. <laughs> I need to go back and look at that one. <laughs> For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he's done, whether good or bad. <laughs> We're all gonna appear. Christians before the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, Romans 14.10. Oh, yeah. But why do you judge your brother? So worry about yourself. Or why do you show contempt for your brother? Again, worry about yourself. Love others, forgive. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Why are we always worried about what other people are doing, but we don't, we don't like to look at what we're doing? We don't like to look at what we've been doing, the selfishness, the pride. Pride and selfishness are real sneaky, you guys, so keep an eye out for those in your life. They're so sneaky that you're like, I just deserve this. I deserve this. I need to treat myself. I need a day. It's not. It's pride and selfishness, and you have to remember. You have to give those things to the Lord. You have to ask the Lord to help you. And he will. He's promised. His Holy Spirit, he literally called him the helper. And we have a covenant with God. And whenever we need something, he's there. His covenant says so. It demands it. He can't let you down. His covenant, he already 
He cut it with you, and he can't let you down. My husband, you guys know and love him. But sometimes <laughs> he's dealt with selfishness and pride. And sometimes I hear him pray, Lord, help me die to myself. Help me die to myself. Help me die to myself. I don't want to be living for me. I want to be living for you. It's a good prayer. You're right. 1 Corinthians 3.10 through 15. <laughs> so that's the one he was looking for, the straight-A student up here. Not even a student. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. The foundation is salvation. And another builds on it. But each one, let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can lay, can anyone lay, than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. See, there's salvation right there. He laid that foundation for us. So now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. Woo! If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So he's saying, if you built, if you had good works that I planned for you, and you your motives were right. Your heart was right. You did what I said. You obeyed me. Those are good works. Those are gold, silver, precious stones. But if you did these, those we'll, we'll just call those eternal works. If you did these other things, temporal works, if your heart wasn't right, if you're, and the Lord knows. Nobody else knows. They could praise you all day. But if your heart's not right, it doesn't count. Sorry. If you just do it just to be, to be like, wow, look at me. Here's me on Instagram. I just did this. I'm not saying you shouldn't post your stuff. I'm just saying your heart has to be right. Your heart's got to be right. So if you do these things that are temporal works, I mean, how many people have, maybe not some of you, but I know I have, spent too much time on an Instagram post. <laughs> That's probably a temporal work. How many people have spent hours binging a Netflix show? Probably, <laughs> probably a temporal work. I'm not saying you shouldn't rest and just hang out. God, he loves rest. But I'm saying we've got to be more aware of what are temporal works and what are eternal works. Because the temporal works are wood, hay, and straw. And guess what? What do you put on a fire and it burns up? Wood, hay, straw, right? And so, so the gold, the silver, the precious metals, the precious stones are not, they're going to be those eternal works. They're not going to be able to just be, go up in flames. And he's going to take and see what your works were like. And if, if anyone's work has built, he has built on it, endures, you're going to get a reward. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. You should be excited about that. But if anyone's work is burned, he's going to suffer loss. But he will himself be saved. So you still you get to go to heaven. Your eternity is sealed. You have a foundation of Christ. 
You've believed on him. He's your Lord and your Savior. But who wants half a house? Who just, I'm, we're, we're about to build a house. And if we just have a foundation, I can't really fully live there. I don't want just a foundation. That's great. I need the foundation. I need it. It's, it's vital that it's made properly and that it's not cracked. There's nothing wrong with it. Who's had to get their foundation repaired here? That's a problem here in Southeast Texas. But Jesus' foundation is never cracked. It's not Southeast Texas foundations. But I don't want just a foundation. I want to build. I don't want to be on the first level. I want some levels to my house, you know? I want some levels. I want a, I want a second level. I want a pool. I want a, I don't know, a gazebo. No, I don't want a gazebo, but that's cute. If you want one, that's fine. <laughs> but we don't want to, we want to be rewarded. We don't want to suffer loss. We want to be rewarded for our good works. Let's talk about, let's go to John 2.28. No, 1 John 2.28, sorry. I'm almost done, I think. You guys can come up if you want. 1 John 2, 28. And now, little children, abide in him. Abide in him. That's good, right there. Stay in him. Stay with him. That when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And why would we not have confidence or be ashamed? Why would we be ashamed? If we didn't know him and we didn't have a foundation, we'd probably be fear and trembling, right? Because, because we know we're not going to the right place. But why would we not have confidence and, not be, and be ashamed? Because you, didn't, you wasted your time here. You wasted your time on things that just pertain to you, that weren't good works that he's planned for you. Your heart motive was wrong. You said, look, I'm, in, I'm, I'm under grace. I can do what I want. That's not how it works. The Lord, you're going to suffer loss. You will be saved. That's not how he planned for it. And he's, he's a master planner. He's so good, you guys. You're going to be filled with joy peace. There will be no anxiety, no depression. When you're walking with him, he helps with those things. He takes care of those things. I mean, I've dealt with depression before. I'm not saying you'll never deal with anything, but I'm saying hold fast. He's there for you. And you don't want to waste your time here. He planned good works for you. You don't want to waste your time. You don't want to get to heaven and have no reward. Anybody ever been to an award show and it's great for those people who are getting all the awards, but it's terrible for you? <laughs> You're like, wow, this is great. They're never going to say my name. <laughs> you, want to, you want to get a reward. He's coming with his rewards. And then we have the great white throne. Revelation 20, 11 through 12. And then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it. 
from whose face the heavens and earth fled away, and there was no found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. And I don't I honestly don't know too much about this, but that even the dead were judged. The people who were unbelievers were judged. God is, he's good and he's just. But we're all going to get judged. And I want to stand before the Lord and say, well done. I want him to say, well done. I don't want to be ashamed when I see him coming. And think, no, not yet. I haven't done what you asked me to do. I've been fooling around. I've been doing my own thing. Matthew eleven twenty through 24. This is Jesus talking. And he began to rebuke the cities in, when, in which most of his mighty works had been done. Because they did not repent. A lot of works had been done there. A lot of healings and things, good things had been done there. And he said, woe to you, Teresin. It's <laughs> a funny name. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works were done in you had been done in Tyre or Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for them in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who were exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. We're held accountable for what we know. These these people in these towns saw great and mighty works. They lived in a in a Bible belt of sorts, <laughs> a Jesus belt. <laughs> they lived in a Jesus belt, and they were right there in the middle of all his works, his good works, his, his healings, the miracles that happened. He was buried, he was crucified and resurrected, and they were right there in the middle of it. We've seen so many things. We have access to so much We're not an underground church. It's going to be more tolerable for the people who don't have access, who don't have the knowledge. When you have knowledge, you have responsibility. It's like (laughs) Spider-Man. With great power becomes great responsibility. Anyway. You have great responsibility because you know and you have access to things. You're accountable for your life and what you do with it. God is just. He's going to judge us for our works. He's so good, you guys. We don't want to live in a place that we're ashamed of later. Or where we just continue sinning because we're under grace. I'm not saying you won't ever 
sin. He won't ever mess up. But we want to continue to move forward, to ask the Lord, what works, what good works have you planned for me before time? And they might be smaller than what you want them to be. We all have, in this day and age, we all have like, well, not all of us, but many have great ambition. They want to be known. They want to be influencers. They want to be celebrities. They want to do this or that. But you have to humble yourself under the Lord. Get low, and he will raise you up. That's, a, that's just a tip for all you people who want to be first. The disciples, they, they were arguing over who's going to be first, who's going to be first in your kingdom. Is it me? Is it me? Is it me? <laughs> he said the first shall be last. The last shall be first. It's about humility. And I just felt so, I have been feeling so, so much just like the church is just kind of living in this, I don't mean everybody all the time, so don't take that. But just like this selfish kind of prideful place. And we've got to put that away. We've got to put on love the fruit of the Spirit. If you abide in Him, then that's what's going to come out. But if you've got other things that are tangled around your heart and your head, let it be pure. Let it be just the Word. Let it be you and Him. Don't get stuck with all this other stuff from outside. Take the Word. Know the Word. Talk to the Lord. He's going to reveal those good works that he, he planned for you. If you guys, we're going to have our, our, our prayer partners come up and pray with you. Honestly, you can come up for anything. Anytime this altar's open, you can come up. Anybody. But if you have never believed on Jesus and it's never been accounted to you for righteousness and you're not being empowered by this grace and you want to spend the eternity, your eternity with the Lord. You want a partnership with the Lord and you want him to be your Lord and Savior. You want to turn and go the other way. You don't want to be stuck here in this place. When we get stuck and we mess up, because we are our lords and then we start crying about it you've got to realize you've got to get up you've got to come to the Lord and you just turn around and go the other way you just have to think of it that way and it's a lot simpler than all the other the other ways the other, other convoluted so if you want salvation today if you want to believe and be saved and make him your Lord and Savior. You can come up here. If you, want, if you want prayer, you're struggling with an issue, you're struggling with pride or selfishness or anything, lust, anything, you can come up here and they'll pray with you. If you have pain in your body, they'll, they'll pray with you. We believe in the healing power of God. 
We believe that that's part of our covenant. And we're going to hold on to that. No matter what it looks like or what it feels like, the word is our foundation and our source. Anything that you need, you guys come up for prayer. They're going to go ahead and sing.
Let's just stay here for just a second long. Would you guys lift your hands all over this room and let's just praise Jesus for the love. Come on, the unconditional love of Jesus that knows no borders, that knows no walls right now.
Come on, there's freedom in the room. You know, sometimes being open to the Lord, um, most times it's going to require for you to step out of the boat. So I think we ought to just declare by faith that we're open this morning. Tell Him with your own words. Tell Him with your heart. And I know that... um, Right now, there are so many people that, especially as we head into the holidays, um, can be a time of uh, uncertainty and a time of mixed emotions. But how many of you would like to see God do something supernatural through the season, through the last part of this year? So I'd like to just pray for you as we dismiss today that God would just continue to move in a supernatural way. So if you just grab the hand of your family member that you're with if you're comfortable with that and just want to release a blessing over you guys for God to um, just continue to work and move supernaturally because the Bible says this that and this is of course by faith because in the natural sometimes most times it looks really rocky really uh, uncertain but the word says that God is for us And I just want you to close your eyes and see him working and moving. Me and Caitlin, we just cleared some land yesterday, so I'm seeing him out there on the the ground, and he's clearing trees, and he's making a space, a a wide-open space. And I really believe that this is prophetic for um, where we're headed right now, that God is clearing the way for us to go forward. And I just pray a blessing over your family and even over your mind and heart right now that God would just bring peace in the middle of the chaos and the storm and so I speak peace be still and Lord we just thank you that because you're for us nothing can be against us would you just thank God that he's for you thank you Lord you're for us let your ears hear yourself say that God's for me God's for me Lord we just 
I pray and ask that you would show up in the uncertainty. God, that you would show up in, in our own certainty and shake us because we can do nothing apart from you, Lord. And uh, God, for our families and the season that we're in and going into, I pray and ask that you just give us renewed vision, just a refreshing by your spirit and cause us to become rooted and grounded in this amazing grace. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, guys, I'm so excited for uh, what the Lord is doing here in our midst. And uh, we got some new faces in the crowd this morning. So make sure as you're on your way out that you uh, air five somebody or give them a hug, uh, depending on how they're feeling. And uh, for all my uh, first timers, if you're new here, make sure you are connecting with us back at our connect counter in the corner on your way out. And uh, we just love you guys. But make sure in everything that we do that we go. Come on, somebody help me out. We go what? Love God, love people, and lead well. You guys are dismissed. And for all of my welcome home class today, make sure you uh, stick around. Don't go anywhere if you're uh, for, here for the class, okay?